0: Welcome in to On Texas Football, a little special edition of the Recruiting Breakdown sponsored by uh, Mark Saunders, our good friend. Um, Jerry Hamilton here with C.J. Vogel back on the air here at On Texas Football. Uh, we thought we'd talk a little, bit that, a
1: little bit of recruiting, right? C.J., it's our first recruiting show. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm, I'm ready for the, the future of what we get to cover in the Texas uh, recruiting s- states. I mean, Jerry, obviously nice to have you back on the On Texas uh, platform, so this is exciting. Yeah,
0: and uh we're gonna hit on Steve Sarkeesian. He's in DFW, which is the key, has been the key staple in recruiting for Texas since uh Sark and Jeff Banks got to Texas. But I include Jeff Banks in that because Jeff Banks was a huge hire for Sark and is big in the DFW area along I-20. Um, while he was at Alabama and at A&M in previous stops. So we'll talk about where Sark's at in DFW. We're also going to talk about where else he's been this week, because there's some key visits out of state with committed guys who are still being pursued by many of the nation's top programs. But we're going to start with this morning's breaking news, uh, Chris Lowe of ESPN reporting that Billy Glascott, director of player personal at Texas, is expected to take a GM role, similar role, or new role at Ole Miss. Uh, CJ, I kind of wanted to get your initial thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, the general manager role in world college football is a bit new. You know, you talk about the importance of uh, constructing a roster in terms of high school recruiting, going into the portal, and obviously having to balance all of that out with NIL opportunities and roster management. That's kind of where this GM role kind of falls into from what I understand. It's a little bit different than what Texas has right now. Uh, Brandon Harris is obviously the director of recruiting. And uh, then you mentioned Billy Glasscock was the director of player personnel. That was more of what you would see in terms of the high school recruiting and the portal recruiting. So a little bit of a change up right now. Texas is uh, obviously recruited at a very high level over the last couple of cycles and a little change up in that personnel department. A bit of a hurdle right now. Sarkeesian on the road as we're about to talk about here in this news right now, headed to an SEC foe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's interesting to me. One,
0: if you're a college uh, get director of player personnel being now with more GM roles coming in college football, that's good news for you working to the NFL one day, uh, by the way, if that's what your ultimate goals are in one of those roles, because you are really doing the job of an NFL guy at this point with the portal, with free agency or NIL, whatever you want to call it. I call it free agency, right? I mean, you're almost working in that role uh, uh kind of tuning up for a future move to the nfl if that's what you want to do the other one will be interesting is what does sark do does does brandon harris move to director of player personnel jm jones currently the assistant to billy glasscock does he take over more of a director recruiting do they tag team both of those jobs it'll be interesting to see what sark does does he go outside um we'll have to see what he does i think uh uh, Brandon Harris has been well received by Sarkeesian. He puts a lot on Brandon's plate, obviously, right? When they were down a man on the staff, who went on the road recruiting? Brandon Harris. Exactly. Uh, so that shows you how much, uh, how highly he's thought of by Steve Sarkeesian. Obviously, JM Jones working under Billy Glasscock there as his assistant director of player personnel knows the ropes, knows the jobs, knows everything that Glasscock's done to be successful and help Texas be successful. So that'll be interesting. Uh, so that's just a couple of CJ's and I, CJ and I's thoughts on that. But now we're going to turn to high school recruiting uh, for a second. Before I do that, they'll want to take a second for Mark Saunders. Uh, the Texas All-State agent, Mark Saunders, it's a sole sponsor of the recruiting breakdown. When it comes to protecting all your stuff, wouldn't it be great to have one place that protects it all? Here's some great news. Texas Allstate agent Mark Saunders is the only insurance agent you need to help keep tabs on protection for all your stuff, everything from your home, car, and boat to your motor- motorcycle, RV, and even your ATV. Call Texas Ace Allstate agent Mark Saunders' office today, 512-218-8571. Are you in good hands? With over 35 years' experience, you will be with Texas alum Mark Saunders. Give him a call again. 512-218-8571. All right, CJ, um Sarkin DFW, man. Do we need to do we need to have a list? You need to have a board behind you in your room like it like every name from DFW. You're a DFW guy that Sarkin Banks have recruited the Texas since they've been there. Multiple five stars, Colin Simmons, Tay Cook, Anthony Hill, uh, multiple guys ranked top 50, top 100 of country, Malik Muhammad. The list goes on and on and on. Tom Herman, previous staff, did not do a good job in DFW. Banks and Sark have totally flipped the script and the rest of the staff. Um, But this is why DFW is so important. It's the most talented area in the state. Year in, year out right now. Houston's very talented in 2025, but DFW, especially along I-20s, just a different level right now. All you have to see watch is DeSoto, Duncanville, watch the playoff games, watch what transpires, and how many guys sign. So Sart being in DFW is big. Um, and he was seeing Michael Fasusi, five-star offensive lineman, the top offensive tackle on the board in 2025 from Louisville. Um, you know, it's an interesting recruitment, CJ, because when we we began the 2023 season, Texas and Oklahoma were the two teams, and I think Texas was out in front of Oklahoma. Those are the two teams. And Mike Elko's hired a they get him on campus pretty quick. Elko goes to Louisville really early on in the process because they're trying to get guys on campus, which is a smart move at the time. Then Fasusi doesn't take; it uh, doesn't come to Texas junior down on the twentieth, and instead goes to Missouri. Then he's been to Oregon. Um, But where this recruitment's at right now, CJ, I think Texas coming in late as far as the head coach visits was
1: probably planned all along. I think so. I think you're absolutely right in the sense that there's a lot on his plate very early. You had three straight weekends of visits, a lot to look forward to on the weekend. Obviously, During those weeks, you know, you're visited by just about every coach in the region, let alone the country, coming in to say hello to Michael Fasusi and his coaching staff uh, for a good reason. Sarkeesian kind of slow played this one. You know, you look back at the season, Fasusi was on campus a number of times dating back to uh, July and and August, those uh, visit weekends Texas would have on campus. There was also uh, the video and, and picture that was posted after after the win in Alabama of Fasusi and Sarkeesian on the phone yeah. together right after the win. So uh, Texas was in a very good position back in uh, the beginning of the season. Obviously, as this open window starts, you know, allowing the mayhem to go on the road, smart move by Sarkeesian to knock out a, a few places around uh, the state of Texas, as well as some national prospects, and then circling back to Fasusi for some one-on-one time, uh, the day after, Kyle Flood was there. And so yeah. there's a, a little bit of a one-two punch going on for the Texas staff as things have quieted down through the hallways of Louisville High School. So I, I like the approach a lot. And I think uh, for a guy as talented, talented as a Fasusi, it's worth looking outside the box in ways to get, you know, more of those one-on-one opportunities to sit down and talk with them.
0: And for Texas fans just getting familiar with these 2025 guys, the juniors in high school, Fasusi is a left tackle prospect, not right tackle. He is a true left tackle prospect with the with the high end pass protection feet, bend, body, quickness. He's he's an elite pass protection prospect. I'm going to throw a little nugget out here at the end of this one before we move on to where else Sark's been. June 25th through 27th weekend, I think it's already going to start lining up to be the big official visit weekend. I think Texas is targeting the last official visit on some guys like Fasusi. Some of these guys we're going to be talking about in the future, Marcus Harris from Modern Day. He's our. It's already been reported that he plans to visit Texas June 25th through 27th. Can all this change? Sure. But I would say right now, chances are pretty high that Fasusi will be on campus that weekend in Austin. I'll throw another one out there. His father was at the meeting with Sark. His father has not been at all the meetings. There's too many coaches come through. So that's another good news uh, nugget there for Texas is that the father came to meet with Sargon. I think Tashard Choice was also there. Uh, so things moving in a good direction uh, for Texas and Fasusi. Now I want to bounce back to a couple of stops yesterday. One totally expected. One interesting to me. Uh, Riley Petijan. Um, Sark and Ryan Day, I posted on Twitter a photo of both of those guys. They came, I think, within an hour of each other to McKinney High, which I thought was funny because Petijon had a Texas hoodie on for Sark's visit and then had a gray hoodie on for the Ohio State visit. So I don't know if he goes to his car and has one for every school. But Sark was at uh, McKinney to see Riley Petijon, former teammate of Xavier Filsamy, uh, the freshman safety at Texas, who I think is going to be a big-time player. But Petijon, 6'2", 6'2 half, 210. Um, long wingspan guy, really p- pursues the football, a natural linebacker with the uh, the instincts for the position, I'll say, after talking to many guys at McKinney yes. about them. Um, everybody in the country's after him, right? Going in, he was at the January 20th, Junior Day. I, see, I don't know if you had a chance to speak with him or not after I'll let you get into that, but uh, going into January, I was told Texas, Florida State, Auburn were really the three schools a um, and obviously gets a visit, right? Uh, junior day visit. But the, the re- recruitment's going to expand. Everybody's coming in. Ohio State obviously is making their run. But Patajan is one of the top two or three ranked linebacker
1: prospects in the country. In the state, you could absolutely have the conversation for him being the number one guy. You know, him and Elijah Bo Barnes on skyline. It's going back and forth. Jonah Williams, if he's willing to play linebacker, that's another conversation. But there's a lot of talent right now. And with Riley Pettijon, you mentioned that uh, recruitment expanding, Michigan coming in, Georgia coming in. You expect the teams like Oklahoma, A&M, and the two that you mentioned, Auburn and Florida State, obviously to be a big part of this recruitment as well. Texas is doing a good job of bookending the the month of January and now into February by getting FaceTime with him. You know, the the visit day with him on the junior day was big. That's with a hundred other people, you know, Texas does get the opportunity uh, specifically with coach Sarkeesian to walk in to McKinney high and say, Hey, Xavier's doing a hell of a job down here on campus during the winter workouts. How are you doing? Because we want you to join him next fall or next winter. So I think that's really encouraging. And, you know, with, with you're going to see, you know, with the new rule, it's it wouldn't be uh, unlikely to see uh, more than five official visits sometime this spring or summer, simply because he's been that coveted and he is that talented already at the linebacker spot. And you, you brought up a great point. Look, the state of
0: Texas at linebacker has been hit or miss some years, and I think it's just spread football, the evolution of spread football in the state over the years. The linebacker class in the state in twenty twenty five. I think it's borderline special in terms of depth. And we're going to – we'll get into those guys in the future because I think more guys will pop onto the radar for Texas. I love Jonathan Cunningham at North Crowley. I think he's very underrated, very Uh, under-recruited. That's a guy I'm really watching to blow up this spring. And Johnny – and Coach Nansen was by there to take a look at him. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. Uh, recently, by the way. But Elijah Barnes and Pettijon are the two names, and literally everybody's stopping in those two schools to see him. Dallas Skyline and McKinney. I mean, I've, I, I've posted photos of Venables, Ryan Day, Sark. Um, I mean, you just go down Mike Norvell. You go down the list, all those guys have been to see Barnes. All those same guys have been uh, to, to McKinney High. So there's two linebackers who are elite nationally. Uh, Sark and Banks were by Skyline last week. Uh, obviously, but uh, there's two very, very high-end linebackers. The other guy in Dallas, CJ, that caught my attention was Locket Lockett. Um, by the way, tell everybody how to pronounce the high school because I mess it up. Saxy High School. Okay, see, I, I say Soxie, but, but I'm Deep East Texas with bad grammar. So, okay, <laughs> same school that produced Devin DuVernay, right? Um, congrats to Devin on a good run with the Ravens this year, obviously. Um this is interesting to me because Texas invited Lockett to January 20th, Junior Day. He did not attend. He went to AM. He's been a couple other places. But it also, that tells you how much Sark and the staff, Chris Jackson, they actually like Lockett, that he was one of the guys that didn't show up for Junior Day, but they made it a point to go be seen and talk to him and show some face. That tells you that he may be a little higher on the board than some Texas fans are thinking right
1: now. He was certainly a very early evaluation by the Texas staff. Texas had him on campus twice last year, once in the spring, summer months, and then again uh, heading into August. So he's been to campus. He's familiar with campus and Steve Sarkeesian and Chris Jackson. I think he kind of differs from the mold that we've seen Texas pursue in the portal this year in terms of the speed, kind of smaller guys. He's 6'2". He can still run very well down the field. Doesn't necessarily have the tremendous track times that will catch your eye off a first look, but – you watch him play, and Jerry. I know you can test this the the body control and the leaping ability yeah. to go up and get the football is is special. He's a big time playmaker. It's AD Mitchell like.
0: In Absolutely. a way, I'm not saying he's going to be a first round pick, but for a he does have some of that same body control and timing when he leaves his feet.
1: Yes, and so Texas is very very well familiar with what he is as a prospect. They and I think your your point was correct. Seeing him in person with all of these prospects here in the DFW area probably gives you a good indication of where he sits right now on the Texas board at receiver. And obviously there's already familiarity there. Being able to build upon that going into uh, really the spring season when, you know, kind of these intermittent uh, kind of visits will pop up during the spring football season is going to be important to see if he's able to get back to Austin uh, during that time.
0: Yeah, and so now we're going to transition. We're going to hit – the last thing we're going to hit on today, and we're going to have a lot of recruiting stuff in the future for you guys. Uh, CJ and I, uh, we're going to talk about all of it. Uh, let's talk about where Sark was earlier this week, because I thought it was interesting on a number of levels here. Um, so he was at O'Galley in Melbourne to see Brandon Brown. Let's start there, because that's interesting, because Kenny Baker, when, you're, when a coach is hired – You have to go through compliance. You you know, the school has to do all the paperwork before you can go hit the road. So the timing wasn't there uh, for the new D-line coach, Kenny Baker, to make the trip to O'Galley with Jeff Banks and Sarp. But I thought it it was imperative, paramount, important, whatever you want to say, that they showed face to Brandon Brown in January. If not, they stood to lose the commitment, lose a lot of ground. Because I don't care how where Brandon Brown's ranked. I've seen him in person, and he's underrated now. So I'm just going to tell everybody that yes. right now. He's a freakish talent at that position. He doesn't have freakish size, but he's a freakish talent. Um, he's underrated. Everybody in the country is coming through there. A M, Sean Spencer, the D-line coach, who was at Florida as a prior relationship, was there yesterday. But how important do you think it was for Sark and Banks to be there and show that Facetime with Brandon Brown because he went though. He goes through a period where he does he doesn't talk to Texas for a while because they don't have a D line coach. You know, Bo Davis. He talks to Bo Davis at LSU, but he doesn't
1: talk to Texas. So that was that was right. maybe as important a visit as Texas has had in January. I'm right there with you. I don't have a thesaurus big enough, or I guess in within my reach right now to find the superlatives to, to give Brandon Brown. But he's a special prospect. Yeah. And I, I, we were asked the question, "What's a you know a successful season right now for Kenny Baker in year one?" It's holding on to Brandon Brown. He's yeah. that special of the prospect, and I don't think it's any secret that Texas went out there with their basically their A team of recruiters of Steve Sarkeesian, yeah. Jeff Banks, and Tashard Choice joined them as well on the road. There's a reason for that, and I know Kenny Baker's still on the road. He probably hasn't been down to off, Austin yet to set up the office, and, and he get didn't the even team get them the gear. Last- he didn't even have time to meet Glasscock. It's over. <laughs> no, I, I bet he was, uh, you know, s- stopping at academies and Walmarts outside of these high schools to get Texas gear to walk into high school. So I, that until you're able to br- build that relationship and kind of bridge that gap to the new defensive line coach, Texas showing all the love that they can with really the three best recruiters on the staff in my eyes, in yeah. terms of going out and getting the, the the big, you know, tier one guys on your list. Texas is doing just that, and it, like you said, it's the most important visit that they've had so far. And it, going on to that trip around them, obviously stopping at seeing K.J. Lacey at Sarah Lynn uh, and Emery Winston as well at Calhoun, very in- impressive job by Sarkeesian to adjust on the fly there.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll throw a couple of nuggets out there. I talked to somebody close to Brandon Brown's recruitment oh, about an hour ago, let's call it. He plays for Cali Power 7 on seventeen. So they're going to play in Texas in seven-on-seven seven tournaments twice. Um, he's going to be on campus probably in March for a spring practice. That's the way it's looking right now. Obviously, that late June official visits, what Texas will be targeting. We've already talked about that. Multiple guys now. We're already starting to hear that last weekend in June, just like last summer, that last yep. weekend in June is what Texas is going to target. They're going to target that final official visit because July and August are the announcement months. June. That last weekend in June is going to be big. We expect Brandon Brown on campus this spring and again in June for an official visit. And he hasn't been on campus before. He has been to AM. He was at an AM camp last summer. Uh, so it'll be big. Obviously, uh, you want in that recruitment, you want his brother. And his mom to make the trip. His uh, his older sister's a really good basketball player. He'll play college basketball somewhere in the state of Florida. But mom, the brother who's a high school basketball coach, was a big time player. They're going to be key in getting on campus with that recruitment. You mentioned Amari Winston, and here's what I wanted to bring up about Amari Winston. CJ is one you, since he didn't make it to the January twentieth junior day. He has high school basketball. Obviously, getting out to see him was big. I thought it was interesting that they went to see Kiotti Armstrong at Jasper. Sark did as well. Because I think that's a great blend at tight end, possibly in this class. If Texas can beat out AM and a bunch of others for Armstrong, Ty Anthony Smith's former teammate there at Jasper Bulldogs. Kiotti Armstrong is going to be 6'5, 260 and athletic, long arms. He, he's a yeah. big dude. I posted a picture on Twitter with him and Sark, and he dwarfed Sark. You would think he was a, a, a defensive tackle in that picture, but he's only six. Five two forty right now, uh, but a good blend there at tight end, possibly.
1: Yeah, I love it because I I hate calling kids that are great early on in their high school careers that receive the ball very well. You know, kind of that hybrid mix. But for Emory Winston, you don't see that height that you saw with obviously C- C- Coyote Armstrong. So it's interesting the way that they're looking to build this tight end room in the sense that you have, you know, a guy like Gunnar Helm and a guy like Jatavian Sanders at all times, but also having the opportunity to have them mix and match and be plus blockers and threats down the field. So I do think they, they go off, they build off of one another very well. I'm a big fan of Emery Winston, had over 900 receiving yards this past season for for uh, his high school in, in Calhoun. So I mean, if you're able to to walk in and grab two very important tight end pieces, and as we've talked about, tight end is, if not the most important for a Steve Sarkeesian offense right behind quarterback. It's that number two spot of of most important because it blends and mixes what you want to do in the running game and also stretches the field vertically and causes mixed mixed matches with the linebackers and the safety. So a lot going on, and Sarkeesian very very much covets that position. Two really talented prospects, and I love how they can – uh, you know, complement each other very well there.
0: And if look, I, I'll say this: if you're if you're a Texas fan that likes high school football and you live in the Atlanta area, get on up to Calhoun next year. I went to a game at Calhoun years ago when a guy named Von Bell, former safety in the NFL, played there. um A great place for Friday night football. So Calhoun hi. Uh, go watch Amari Winston this year, Texas fans. If you live in that Atlanta area, it's an hour, maybe three in traffic right now in Atlanta. I don't even know but it's a great place for Friday night football. All right, last but not least, K.J. Lacey. Obviously, it's your quarterback committing your class, and Alabama's coming after him, and Auburn's coming after him, and they're not going to give up, and they shouldn't. If they give up on him, they should, they're should. they not doing their jobs. Um, obviously, if another quarterback commits, then that's when things do move on. But Sarkeesian and A.J. Milway had been scheduled to go see K.J. Lacey for a while with the Ryan, recruitment, Ryan Williams recruitment in the balance. Uh, they were there. Uh, before Williams obviously uh, uh, recommitted to Alabama. Sarkin and Milby were there Tuesday. Um, it was after an awards afternoon in Montgomery for some of the players of the year in the state, offensive players of the year, quarterback of the year, all those good things, which obviously K.J. Lacey was up for a number of those awards. Uh, but Sarkin and continue. They were at his state championship game. They continue to let K.J. Lacey know whether Ryan Williams is at Alabama or Texas or Auburn, it's going to be Alabama. KJ, you're our guy in 2025. Texas has never backed off of that because what's happened with this recruitment uh, for Texas fans that maybe are just kind of getting adjusted to some of these 2025 guys. When Quinn announced he was coming back, that's when you know the colleges smell a little bl- you know blood in the water type of situation, right? Hold on, Quinn's coming back. That means if Arch stays, that sets his timeline back. So that's colleges are coming in, feeding frenzy, right? Telling KJ Lacy, hey man. When are you going to get on the field in Austin? Yeah, if Arch is nice. coming back, you know, he's not going to be a one-year starter and just go pro. That's not what he's going to do. So Texas has been working through that with KJ Lacey. Uh, but kind of, uh, CJ, talk about the importance of Sark and Millwee in that relationship with KJ Lacey when other schools
1: are still coming after him. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of a a re-recruitment of a kid that you already have committed because you have this new development with Quinn Ewers coming back to kind of reaffirm, KJ, that, hey, you know, we still covet you. We still see a high path for you, and we want you to be a Texas Longhorn. That's what they're trying to fight off with Auburn and Alabama and some of these other programs coming in, basically, and saying, you know what, you could be the guy from day one, and they're – May not be a guarantee from that, but Sarkisian now will have the opportunity to say, well, we're going to send a a few kids to the NFL, and you're going to follow suit. KJ, I actually got to see in Lockhart for a 7-on-7 tournament in the middle of January. He came in, uh, I believe that was January 13th. It was the week before the junior day, and he was able to take his 7-on-7 team around the campuses, saw a few of the coaches, had a good time on campus, then told me basically, well, I really want to come back next week. But at the time, he was scheduled to come back with Ryan Williams on the 27th for the official visit. So, you know, I can't make it back to Austin three weeks in a row, but I really want to be on campus for the junior day to help recruit and build this 25 class. I like this. I want to be back on campus as much as possible. thought that was really encouraging. And at the same time that I was with him, Sarkeesian signed his contract extension at, at Texas. And so it obviously locked in Sarkeesian at Texas for this foreseeable future in which there's a small from ear to ear there from KJ Lacey. He was very excited. He loves the Sarkeesian offense and how he develops quarterbacks. So that's all important. And especially when it comes to fending off potential foes, keeping the head man here is going to be a big player in this recruitment. And look, and to, that, to your point, like so here's the interesting thing.
0: is Does an Alabama who will make a run at KJ Lacey, does that timeline set up better for him? I don't think it does. And look, Jalen Milrose back another year. Austin Mack transfers from Washington, which, by the way, if you take right. a quarterback transfer from Washington to Alabama and that means you know Jay, uh, Julian Sands going to leave and transfer, that means you're extremely high on the guy that you just brought with you from Washington. So that's first Absolutely. off. That also means he's on the same timeline as Arch Manning. He's going to sit this right. year behind Jalen Milrow. He gets two years the groom under Kalen DeBoer in that offense, and then he's going to take over at Alabama. So that situation's totally the same as Texas. Auburn situation, we'll see how that plays out. They're trying hard to flip Julian Lewis, who is reclassified from 26 to 25. Um, and, th- and so that is a prize recruit that USC's fighting hard to, uh, against Auburn and Georgia to hang on to. Obviously, that recruitment moves more for Georgia now with Rayola going to Nebraska. So a lot of moving parts. KJ Lacey solid to Texas. I heard the meeting went really well. Does that mean he won't show up on another campus? I, we can't say that. It's recruiting, right? And there's a long way to go right. in this process. But Texas had a great meeting with KJ Lacey Tuesday. Things continue to be positive in that uh, recruitment. Uh, again, before we get out of here, well, we ran a little long, but the CJ and I, we're going to be doing this a lot moving forward. I want to take a second for Mark Saunders, the sole sponsor of the recruiting breakdown. When it comes to protecting all your stuff, Wouldn't it be great to have one place that protects it all? Here's some good news. Texas Allstate agent Mark Saunders is the only insurance agent you need to help keep tabs on protection of all your stuff. Everything from your home, car, and boat to your motorcycle, RV, and even the ATV. Call Texas Allstate agent Mark Saunders' office today, 512-218-8571. Again, 512-218-8571. All right, CJ, we're we're gonna be doing this a lot, man. It was great. Our first recruiting breakdown. Um, I can, I look forward to uh I'm gonna be hitting the road next week, seeing what we can dig up and come up with. Uh, we got signing day next week, which is probably gonna be pretty uneventful for us. We're just gonna be rehashing right. the four class and portal and what could happen moving forward. But uh again, for Texas fans, we're gonna get you acquainted with the 2025 guys. We're gonna get you up to speed on all these guys, but mark June 25th through 27th. That's going to be the big official visit weekend for the Horns. Marcus Harris, the four-star out of modern day. Michael Fasusi, I'll throw another one out. Tyler Thomas from Dickinson, I bet, comes in that weekend. So there's starting to be some names associated with that weekend, even if they're not public yet. Uh, so that's the weekend to know. and we'll CJ and I will keep you up to date on all things Texas recruiting, high school, and portal. Thanks for joining us.